Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this time together. We ask you that you would bless it, anoint us in the mighty name of Jesus, and open up our ears in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Now, this is uh, the book of Revelation where John, the, the apostle, is uh, already being exiled to the Isle of Patmos. Uh, they try to uh, martyr him, and he didn't die. So he's writing incredible visions and, and revelations of the man Jesus, okay? Now, a lot of people look at the book of Revelation like it's like from Mars and, and, and aliens and all that stuff. People think that's cr- crazy. So just if you haven't read the book of Revelations and I read some of these things, don't freak out. I want to explain because there's a nature that the Lord highlights about himself through angels that know him uh, and around his throne. We've talked about the goodness of God. Everybody say goodness. We've talked about the mercy of God. That's one of his nature. We've talked about his grace being one of his natures. We've talked about his faithfulness the second week, about the nature of Jesus being faithful, that he cannot be unfaithful. Today, we're going to talk about the nature of Jesus' holiness. His nature of being holy, because now, see, that brings a trepidation on some, some people, because it almost gets you to be defensive. But I want you to read with me verse 2 onward. John said, immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven. He is seeing this vision of, of God, okay, of Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, all right? And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, and in appearance like an emerald. <laughs> around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads, and from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning. Now, this is where some of you guys never read this. It starts getting weird, okay? Which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne was, a, was like a sea of glass, like a crystal, and in the midst of the throne, around the throne, were four living creatures. Listen, this, this again, this sounds like, like a... a an alien movie if you're not accustomed to celestial beings in heaven. But just stay with me. Look at this. In the midst of the throne, around the throne, were four living creatures, watch this, full of eyes, front and back. Imagine that. A creature, a celestial creature, full of eyes all over the place. In his arms, and his back, and his back, and his legs, all full of eyes. The first a living creature was like a lion. The, the second living creature was like a calf. He's describing what he's seeing. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living, now hear me now. The four living creatures, each having six wings, okay, were full of eyes. Everybody say eyes. All around and within. <laughs> and they... These creatures who have eyes all over, they do not cease, day or night, saying, are you ready? Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was, sorry, and who was and is and is to come. 
the angels who go around the throne and these celestial beings that encircle his throne for all eternity. Listen to me. There's no time limit in eternity. So all of eternity, the angels around the throne and these living creatures that have full of eyes. Listen, they're full of eyes. And you know what these, uh, these creatures full of eyes, their main duty is? Is to gaze at the beauty of God. His, his, the, the full definition of these creatures to have eyes all over and their main function is to constantly look at the Lord and the Lord is so magnificent the Lord is so incredible that you can't define him by one little aspect so throughout eternity eternity every this is my theory every single time because of the vastness of God's glory he cannot be comprehended so he reveals a little side of himself and as he reveals a little side of his glory the eyes look at that and these creatures goes holy holy Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The only word that, that comes to mind when they see the majesty and power and glory of God is just one word, holy. Every, we think we got God figured out because we've been walking with God for 20 years. The angels and the celestial beings that has eyes all over, they're looking at Jesus and they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Why am I highlighting this? Because this is a nature of God that we must embrace if we want to love God fully. It's easy to love the grace side of God, the, the love side of God, the compassion side of God. We never get any hesitancy when we think about this. Whenever we think about the holiness of God, we have this almost silent trepidation because we look at the holiness of God as God's hammer on, on our own lives and to say how bad we are. But I am telling you this, one of the greatest and highest titles of honor ever given to the Lord in Scripture is that He is holy. One of the greatest titles of honor given in all of Scripture, is that He is holy. Why is that important? Because the very essence of God is holy. What is holiness? Is this supreme perfection, supreme purity, more so than anything created in all the earth. So the word holy is signifying different, unique, set apart, and it is an attribute that is the purest form and the most lightest form and the most uh, holiest form of what we know. And so this holy nature is pure. It is without blemish. And listen, all his works are holy. Well, let me pause and say this. Because God is holy and many of us by nature are not, this is why it causes a trepidation in most human beings because they're saying, I really don't want to know the fullness of the holiness of God. Why? Because the holiness of God points to our imperfection. Because he is perfect, not condemnation. He is perfect and we are not. And God, whether you want to bargain with him or not, can never do anything unholy. All his works are holy. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm chapter 145. It will be up there on your screens. Psalm 145 verse 17 says this. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, look at this, and holy in all his works. He is righteous in all his ways. And see, these type of messages are not going to get a lot of amens to a lot of people. Because when you talk about the grace of God, the mercy of God, the compassion of God, these are all things that are given to us freely and we just kind of digest it and we just partake of it. The holiness of God, the holiness of the Lord, brings us into realization of our humanity. 
I want to say this. It, does, it should not bring this false sense of condemnation, but it should, set, it should give you a sense of awe. Because he is holy, and his holy nature is something that makes us very, makes him very distinct from every other created thing. Think about what I'm about to say, all right? Unfortunately, out of all the attributes of Jesus, this is the one that's met with hesitancy, with trepidation. Because no one ever is hesitant or reserved about receiving love. I'm not talking about doctrinally. I'm not talking about your, your doctrine. But no one is ever reserved about f- uh, receiving free love or free grace or free mercy. But we are reserved when we talk about holiness. Why? Because it points and shines the light to our own lifestyle. Come on. Because a holy God, are you ready for this? Some of you guys may be offended. A holy God requires holy living. And when we highlight the nature of God's holiness, people don't like that. They get uncomfortable and they say, that's the mean part of God. No, 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 no. That's not the mean part of God. The holiness of God is, the, is his beauty. The holiness of God is his beauty and his majesty. I want to share it in scripture. You know why? Have you guys ever seen anything antique, anything unique? It's so unique. There's nothing. You can't compare something that's unique to anything else. And that's what makes it beautiful to behold. That's what makes it so beautiful. When you have something that never existed before and you have something that is antique and you look at that and you say, I've never seen that. Automatically, it births this beautiful desire to love that or to feel that that's beautiful. Why? Because you can't compare it to anything else. Do you hear what I'm saying? His holiness and his, is his majesty because it makes him distinguished as God above every created thing. That's, that's what distinguishes God between all of the other attributes is His holiness. I want to say this, what the definition of holiness is. Now I want, I'm going to get somewhere. The definition of holiness in the Bible pretty much means to be pure in its highest form, morally blameless, consecrated, listen to this, and set apart. Say set apart. I want to say something. Humanity can show love as an unbeliever. Come on, I'm going to talk to you for a second. Humanity can show attributes of love as a non-Christian. Okay, so people that are non-Christians, they love each other. They love, they know what love is. So they can show that attribute. So it's really not distinguishable. Unbelievers or non-Christians can show compassion even when they don't have Christ. By the way, some unbelievers show more compassion than some Christians. I'm smiling. There are some unbelievers that don't know the Lord, but they have more compassion than people who have the Holy Spirit inside of them. So I'm getting to a point. Unbelievers or people that don't know the Lord, they have attributes of love. They have attributes of compassion. They have attributes of faithfulness. There are some people that don't have the Lord that have been married for years, and there's people that have the Holy Spirit that that can't have the marriage together. Why? Because we're not yielding to the things of the Spirit. But one thing that unbelievers can't imitate is the nature of holiness. Think about this. When we don't know God, we can show love to people. When we don't know God, we can still be faithful to people. Because God, that's a whole other sermon, but the Lord is the one who put his spirit and his, our conscience in our hearts from the beginning. His, we were made in his image. We may not know him yet, but those things that we're capable of is because God put, us, put it in there in the first place. But there's none of us outside of Jesus 
that could mimic or imitate the nature of holiness outside of being born again and being saved. You can have degrees of right living, but you can never, ever be holy without the nature of holiness transforming your life through His Spirit and repentance. Can I hear an amen? And that's where the, where the struggle is. The struggle is that, that righteous living cannot be accomplished outside of the Holy Spirit. By the way, that's why the Spirit of God that lives inside every believer when we repent and give our lives to the Lord is called the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to say this. A revelation of His holiness, please hear me, I'm going to back it up by Scripture, is actually a revelation of His beauty. Let that sink in. Pastor George, I've never seen, I've never heard it that way. How can holiness, this awe-inspiring reality, be beautiful? Because it's so separate and distinct from humanity. It's the one attribute that distinguishes God above every created thing. Holy. Why? Oh, I see love in that person. I see compassion in that person. But without the Lord, you can never see holiness in a person. I got two amens. It's okay. It got quiet in here, but God is good. Watch this. Psalm 29, verse 1 through 2. Again, this message probably is not going to give you a rah-rah feeling, but it's going to give you something that I'm going to give you right now. This message is going to give you something that I'm going to release in just a second. Proverbs 29, verse 1 through 2. If you're there, say Amen should be up on the screen. It says, give unto the Lord. Are you ready? Oh, you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory due to his name. Are you ready for this? Worship the Lord in what? What? Worship the Lord in the what? Beauty of holiness. He describes holy as being beautiful, not something to frown upon and feel condemned and feel like the pastor is trying to beat you down with your lifestyle. No, no, no. It's his purity that makes him beautiful. It's his holiness that makes him beautiful, church. It's his holiness that says, there is something different about him and, my, and me. He is God and I am not because he's holy. He's never sinned once. He never, he's never sinned once. He's never had a lustful thought. He's never had any addictions. He's never, ever known what any darkness is inside of him, ever. That leads me to the next point. Are you ready for this? A revelation of the nature of his holiness will suddenly bring us into a healthy reality of the fear of the Lord. Thank you for those three amens. We don't like to talk about the fear of the Lord anymore. Come on, pastor. Give me something that I can shout about. I am giving you something you can shout about. The fear of the Lord will help that obedience problem that you have. It will, ha it will, it will make it right away. It will make it quick. Why? Because when you have a revelation of the, of the holy nature of God, suddenly there will be a healthy fear of the Lord, which is a reverence of the Lord that will cause you to stay away from sin. But holiness is so, oh my gosh, you're just beating me up, Pastor. I don't want to know. No, no, no. He is holy and you are not. And we must align ourselves to him because a revelation of his holiness will bring us into a healthy fear of the Lord. It's impossible to talk about holiness without talking about the fear of the Lord. Can I say this? The church in America has lost the fear of the Lord. We do whatever we want. We curse whenever we want. And hey, by the way, God, hallelujah, brother. Glory to God. Hey, shut up. You beep, 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 beep. We complain. 
We're bound by these things. And we ha- you know why? Because there's no, more, there's no more reality to point people to a holy God anymore. Uh, because it's, 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 it's called hate now. We're not hating people because of their lifestyle. We're trying to point them to a holy God. A holy God is the one who sets him different than every humanity and every created thing. Do you realize that your obedience, little, little struggle, you know that little struggle you have with obedience? Once you have a revelation of his holiness in your life through the Holy Spirit, the fear of the Lord will come in. What is the fear of the Lord? It's not being afraid of God as we know it humanly. Because being afraid of God will cause you to be distant from God. But having a reverence for the Lord will cause you to be close to God. Difference. There's a difference. And I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to share this with you. Listen. A, uh, a true Christian. How many Christians here? A true Christian desires to be free from sin, not to sin freely. I'm talking about your desire. (laughs) You still love me? A true Christian desires to be free from sin, not to sin freely. When you have a revelation of his holiness, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have a keen awareness that he's almighty, he's powerful, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he sees. And not that he has a big whip in his hand, but you realize God sees everything I do. And there is a reality that suddenly hits me of his holiness and his purity that makes me not want to do these things because it's going to trap me because I want to be more like him. If you want to be more like Jesus, you can't be more like Jesus just on his love and his grace and his mercy. You also have to be more like Jesus in his holy nature. And Christians don't like that. I don't know why. That should be the highest goal of our lives. Why is, why every time someone talks about holiness, we automatically think, oh, come on, let's just get back to just love. This is. Both, listen, the love of God tells you this. Are you ready? The love of God tells you, come into Papa's arm. And you're running. That's what, that's what the nature of love does. The nature of the fear of the Lord says, stay away from that thing. But they both lead you to Jesus. How many, how many, ki- how many of you have kids and, 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 and you're just like, come home to daddy or mama. And there's no requirement. They just come. But there's sometimes where you warn your kid and you say, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Be careful with that. And they, they find themselves looking at things that are evil and they, they recognize what that, what's doing to them. They stop doing that because they have a reverence of what's going to happen. And they run from that. But it leads them back to Jesus. You know what the fear of the Lord does? Hear me now. It perfects holiness. I'm going to say this. The Bible says, knowing these promises, therefore, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. So here's how it goes. The Lord gives us a revelation of holiness, of his holy nature. In turn, we release, we receive the fear of the Lord or reverence of the Lord. We need to reverence the Lord again. And because of our reverence of the Lord, it causes us to complete holy living. You and I, I want to say something real strong. You and I can never be complete in our obedience if we don't have a healthy reverence of his holiness. We can't. Then we just do what we want. All in the name of God's going to forgive. Do you understand? Even you parents, there's sometimes when you raise your voice and you're the Lord, and, and I'm not saying that this is a little bit different example, but when you start doing things that doesn't mean, have the lovey-dovey, fluffy feeling to your kids, and you, I said no, and all of a sudden, what, what happens to the kid? Fine, fine. And all of a sudden, they know the lion is roaring. Enough. I said, next time, it's over. Yeah, and guess what happens? They start magically being obedient. 
Because there's a reverence that starts taking place that produces obedience. Look at this. Look at Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 in the NLT. Are you getting something? Look at this now. In the NLT, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1 says this. Because we have these promises. It's going to be up there on your screen. In the NLT, it says, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that could defile our body or spirit. And let us work towards what? Come on, that was, say it, complete what? Because what? Hmm? Let us strive to complete holiness because we fear God. I could tell even while I'm preaching, some of you guys still are not really getting it. This is not a message to get you to run away from God. It's actually a message to get you to God. Because the fear of the Lord needs to come back into the church. You know what's kept me holy? A revelation of his holiness and the revelation of the fear of the, the reverence of God. There's a reverence that, yes, it, I, I have to be careful how I say this. God is not just your buddy. He's not just your buddy. He's not your pal. He's just not he's your friend. Praise God he's your friend. He's almighty God. And I'm telling you, we need to serve him in this. He, sa he says the Lord's the, the complete holiness because we fear the Lord. Because we fear the Lord. Here's another scripture. Watch this. Proverbs chapter 16. The worship team could get up here, please. Worship team, get up here. Proverbs 16, verse 6. If you're there, say amen. Either in your Bibles or in your smartphones or your smart devices. Proverbs 16, verse 6. In mercy and truth, forgiveness or atonement is provided for iniquity. Watch this. Say this with me. And by the fear of the Lord, one what? Departs from what? What? Did you hear that? And by the fear of the Lord, here's, here's the fear of the Lord will highlight and perfect the holy nature of God. By the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Have you guys ever been, I, I've, been I've been to a zoo and I've been, to, uh, you know, I love lions. And I have gone to a lion before. And I don't know if you've ever seen a lion like that, you know, in a cage you're like, ha, 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 you know. But there was a time where I, I went to a, a zoo, and I just love going to zoos and, and seeing animals, and there, I just love uh, lions. But there was this one lion that was like really like just kind of caged in, but it was not a glass. It was just like a cage. And I started mocking, and like me and my, my funny, I was like, hur, 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 you know? and no lie. And I, I started roaring in my best roar, PG roar, <laughs> like roar. And I started kind of mocking the lion, right? And all of a sudden, the lion goes, hur, hur, hur. I'm like, I'm like. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, you could hear that from a mile away. They say lions roar, and I'll, I'll say, just stay there. It's almost like you're lucky these bars are here, boy, because you'd be Cuban meat right now. And he's just looking at me, roar, and he's just roaring. And all of a sudden, he laughed out, no lie, he sent out this roar, roar. And I'm like, even though I knew that this lion cannot catch me, I almost had to go to the bathroom. I mean, it was so loud, it penetrated. What did it make me do? Run away. You know what the fear of the Lord does? It gives you a holy motivation to run away from darkness, from things that could harm you. Some of, some of us Christians want to get as close to the fire as possible to see if we get burned. Oh, let me see, let me see that, that fire. Oh, that's okay. Let me see that lion. If you saw a lion and it was caged up with, 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 with chains, would you get as close to that lion as possible just to test that chain out? No, you wouldn't. Some of you crazy, you might, might be doing that. If there was no fence and there was a lion and all he had was a rope and, and you're like, oh, he could only go up to that thing. 
How many of you would come this close to the lion? None of you. You know why? Because there's a fear of that lion. There's an awe of that lion that makes you say, no, tomorrow I'll go, and, I, and I'm going the other way. Now I'm going to close with this. There's a difference between our lives and his life. His holiness and our holiness. I can't talk about the nature of holiness without addressing our responsibility as Christians to walk in the nature of holiness. Can I hear an amen? Now, when it comes to holiness, I want to, I want to just say this for the next 10 minutes and we're going to close. There's a difference between our positional holiness and our behavioral holiness. Oh, I'm going to shout right now. There's a difference between our be, uh, positional holiness that comes to salvation versus our behavioral. Pastor George, you're saying that we actually have to behave holy? Yes. Some of these people are saying, well, you know, we, we, we got holy when we got saved. No, that's your, that's your positional holiness, and you can never improve on that. Let me give you an example. Okay. When we got saved... When you got saved, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you repented of your sin, the Holy Spirit came and he cleansed you because of the work of the cross. There's nothing that you and I could do to earn that righteous standing with God. He cleansed us and made us pure and we are holy in his sight and righteous because of what he did. Because of what he did. That's our positional holiness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, Look at what the Bible says about our position of holiness. I'm giving you lots of scriptures today if you don't mind. For he, the Bible says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we may become what? What? The righteousness of God in him. Look at me, I'm almost closing. That Bible, the Bible says that we become the righteousness of God. Wait a minute. We become righteous? Yes. You become righteous by His standards. Do you know that every one of you, whether you feel righteous or not, you are righteous because of what God did for you if you made Jesus Lord of your life and if you repented of your sins, He cleansed you and He forgave you. You don't have to have a feeling attached to it. He calls you righteous because of His, your position, hear me now, as sons and daughters of God. When you have a son or a daughter and you're the coach, I saw the Super Bowl coach have the son when the, all these securities were there. When the son or the daughter came along, he didn't have any badges off, they lifted up the gate and left. Oh, that's the, that's the coach's son, let him go. Why? Because his position as a son gave him rights. Let me, give it, let me put it this way about positional holiness. 17 years ago, I married Janice Perez. She was Perez. God, God bless her. She went from Perez to Sotolongo. It's like tongues, right? Oh, Sotolongo. Watch this. I'm not any more her husband now than I was, well, this is good, than I was the first day that I got married. I'm not, I'm not, I can't improve on me being the, the title of her husband. I can improve of being a husband, but, but the title of husband, like I'm, I am no more her husband now than I was 17 years ago. Do you follow me? So the first day I said yes to her, I instantly became her husband. I'm still that same husband by title. Nothing could change that. By marriage, I am her husband. That's your positional. But the New Testament talks about another type of holiness. It's your behavioral holiness. Are you ready? I'm almost closing. 
2 Peter chapter 3 in the Amplified Version. 2 Peter chapter 3. Oh man, this is so good. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 11. Say amen when you're there. Now we're talking about our behavior holiness. Look at what it says. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be in the meantime? He's talking to Christians here, all right? He's talking to RCC. What kind of people do you need to be in the meantime? Are you ready for this? In holy behavior. What? We have to obey. Wait. Holy behavior, that is in a pattern of daily life that sets you apart as a believer. Hello, we have responsibility as Christians to live holy lives. And in godliness, displaying profound reverence towards our awesome God. Peter says, how much more do we need to live in holy behavior? Say holy behavior. The first, behavior, the first type of holiness is positional holiness. And unfortunately, that's where 80% of the Christians stay stuck. Well, I'm saved, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm righteous. He made me. He cleansed me. I'm good. But there's another behavior. There's another holiness. Okay. When you gave birth to your son, he was your son. He didn't have to do anything. Or your daughter. He, you didn't have to say, be my son. No, he's automatically your son. But as he grows up. As he matures, there's an expectancy of behavior that you expect from your children. I'm going to tell you like this. 17 years ago, I got married. Oh, help me, Jesus. Got married to my wife, Janice Perez. Came so long ago. This is behavior now, behavior of holiness. And my wife doesn't like Lysol on top of the toilet. I mean, us men, we don't care. And I, put, I used to put the Lysol can on top of the toilet. And she said, I don't like it on top of the toilet. I like it on the floor. I'm like, what's the big deal? It's just the Lysol. Because all the men are like, yeah, I'm with you, bro. Like, it's just little. You just move it over here. I'm like, no, what's the big deal? And for years, she'll be like, I, I told, how many times do I tell you, you don't listen? I don't like the Lysol. I'm like, babe, it's just a Lysol can. Who cares? Freshen up the place. Why do you, who cares where you want it? She goes, but it means a lot to me that it's on the floor. I don't want it on the toilet, on the top of the toilet. And man, for years, I just skipped on the toilet. She was like, you forgot again. Or, or God forbid, guys, you leave the toilet seat up. Forget it. It's just over. All the women are like, see, I won't get to it. I'll have a funny moment. Look, watch, watch. Because I love her, I started changing my behavior. Because it, I knew it meant a lot to her. So I said, you know what? What's the big deal? I could enjoy other things that she likes. I took the Lysol can and I put it on the floor. The next day, I did it again. Put it on the floor. She's like, see, you're listening. And I started doing it over and over until it became a habit. Right? It became a habit to me because, hear me now, and then this is what happens when we got married. And, and here's it, it is. She had ex-boyfriends that when we got married, she cut off. All the pictures, all the photos, all the stuff when we got married. Why? Because now there's a certain type of behavior that's expected from us when we enter into covenant relationship with somebody. There's a certain type of behavior that is requested of all of us when we enter marriage. So guess what? She, imagine us being married and still having pictures of her boyfriend in our room. 
or all the teddy bears that her boyfriend gave her in the past. No, that's not it. We have to change our behavior when we enter into a covenant relationship with somebody. And holiness is achieved the same way. When we enter covenant with Jesus, because he loves you and because you love him, you're going to make changes in your life because there are expected behavior changes that need to be done when you enter a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. And it doesn't happen automatically. Well, you know what, Pastor George, I just love God, but you know, he's just going to have to take away this stuff away from me. No. I could have said that to my wife, oh, you know what? Uh, what's up with those pictures up there? God's just going to have to take them down. God, God's going to take them down one day, but don't worry, I love you. No. You know what the Bible says? We must change our ways to line up with his holiness. Why? Church, because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Please hear me now, and I'm going to close. Do not convince yourself that just because grace is abundant and because mercy is abundant that we are excused from behaving a behavioral holiness. There is a behavioral holiness that God wants to allow us. Now, here's the good news. All of you, if you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is the one. You know what the main thing that the Holy Spirit does? There's two main things. Reveal Jesus and convict us of our sin. Conviction is a good thing. A lot of people look at conviction like, oh, my God, I feel terrible. No, no, no. Conviction is a sign that your heart is still tender. If you're feeling convicted over something, that means glory to God. Your heart is still tender to some things, and all you have to do is listen, change. Cut some things out. Let the Word of God go deep in you. And, you, and listen, some of the changes, I want to be very real with you this morning. Some of the changes are going to be, are going to be hurtful to your flesh, but it's going to be so explosive for your spirit. It's going to hurt because you have been with this individual for a long time or you've been with this habit for a long time or you've been with this anger issue with a long time. You've been with this bitterness issue for a long time. You've been with this uh, whatever issue for a long time and you have to divorce yourself from those things so that you can align yourself with holiness. His holiness is his beauty. And I believe that when we gaze into the beauty and the holiness of the Lord and his attribute, watch this, what's going to happen many of our bondages are going to be taken off. Why? Because out of all the attributes that we've been talking about, holiness is the one that keeps us righteous. Holiness is the one that keeps us away from opening the doors to demonic bondage and sin. It's holiness that says, you know what? Because, watch this, be holy as I am holy. Hardly in Scripture do you see, though, he doesn't say, be powerful as I am powerful. He doesn't just say, uh, be omnipotent as I am omnipotent, because it's impossible. He says, be holy as I am holy. If it was impossible, he would never say it. But by his Spirit, we can. Today, as we stand up, I want us to have a greater revelation of his holiness. But I'm asking you to invite the fear of the Lord in your life to help you live righteously. Come on, stand up. Glory to God. I want to celebrate his holiness today. Have you guys gotten anything this morning? I had so much more, but I want to just tell you. Your positional holiness cannot be improved upon because he made you righteous. But your behavioral holiness can. Say, say this after me. My behavioral holiness can be improved upon. And it can be improved upon as I gaze into the Lord's holiness. So let's just close our eyes right now. Lord, we celebrate that you are holy.
The angels around your throne say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know what? Some of you may feel that the Lord is shining the light on, on some area of your life. Please hear me when I say this. He's not doing it to shame you. He's doing it because he loves you. Again, the reason he's shining that light on you is because he sees a roaring lion that you're about to go to that he wants you to run away from. What does the Bible talk about lion? The devil roams around like a what? Like a what? Roaring lion seeking who he may devour. That means he can't devour anybody. He can only devour those that are drifting towards his path. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, lift up your hands. We're going to worship this one. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.